The Juiced Penguin. A musical oddcast. For the odd community. Get it at juicedpenguin.com. All right, Tip Radio episode 10 starts now. Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. At the round table with me tonight, from one of the most popular Linux casts in the world, Claw 2, The Bad Apples. <laughs> Not popular, but hey, everyone. And everyone's favorite Linux crank, Peter64. <laughs> Whatever. G'day. From the mountains, Azimuth. No, actually, I'm from the plains. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one of these right. Um... The guy that once installed Slackware when Slackware wasn't cool, 330. Hey, yeah, right, I got that one right. No, he's just not arguing it. Uh, I ran Slackware right. back before it was cool. Slackware was always hipster. cool. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Shut up, hipster. <laughs> you with your ironic glasses and your skinny jeans. <laughs> and somewhere out in the Wild West, Zoke and Mrs. Zoke. Howdy. Hello. And I'm gonna I'm gonna join these guys together because they're like Siamese twins, Dan and Pat from the Linux Link Tech Show. Oh, so fun! Howdy. Jared, I can see the bin getting the work out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, the man without a neck beard, Pegwall. That's one shirt, Pegwall, to you. <laughs> well, I really didn't get any feedback. Um, get I a, did. Did you? Yeah, I did. I got an email. All right. Who is it from? Uh, Jonathan, who is a blind <laughs> Linux user, who I actually interviewed in, I think, season two or three of my show that you just mentioned, uh, Bad Apples. And he is commenting on the uh, little scanner that Pegwall mentioned, and I guess it must have been, I guess it must have been the last episode, like you know, the one before we went to, everyone went to OLF. And if I could find the email, I would read it out loud. Nothing like being prepared. I forgot I received it, actually. It wasn't until Monster Beast said, <laughs> mentioned feedback that I remembered. I got it. I'm looking. He's got to go searching through his Hotmail account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my Hotmail account has it somewhere in here. Why don't they integrate like a Bing search with Hotmail, then I could find things quickly. So who's hosting a Windows 7 install party? Come on, confess. Aren't we all? Isn't that a given? 
see the the video of that? They had a YouTube video of how to do it, and it was so bad. But someone did it. Someone did another version where they just bleeped certain bits out, and it makes it sound like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was like, now when you've got to plan your beep party, you really need to know how to beep. Anyway, it was a. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the last thing I saw on YouTube was porn. I heard the video is funnier than that. <laughs> Alright, I found this feedback. No. From Jonathan, uh, he says, Hey, Collective, just listened to the last Tit Radio, and you guys were talking about a scanner for the blind. They make a portable talking barcode scanner that has hundreds of thousands of barcodes in a database, so when you go to the store, you can scan any item barcode reader will speak what the item is. I don't own one, but that is pretty cool. I know you are sick about Android, but I have a new uh, uh, Android phone, which is like an iPhone, but there's no keyboard. But Google has made a talking program for the phone, so when you run your finger over the screen, it will speak what your finger is over. And if you want to select the item uh, that your finger is on, then you just have to lift your finger up, and it selects whatever your fingers open. So it's like almost a reverse button press. Uh, I know you hate Flash, but if you want to see it in action, check out the Eyes Free channel on YouTube. Hope everything is going on. So, interesting stuff, I think. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, I'm very glad you liked it. And, you know, I'm glad I could help. I think an app for a touch phone is pretty brilliant. I mean kind of essential. I, I can't imagine trying to use a touch phone without seeing the screen myself, but you know, it's probably a little bit helpful to, to have the, the audio feedback. It might be useful even I think, if you can see it. I know, really, yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. You'd be able to navigate it from your pocket. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like back in the old days when you could text without ever pulling your phone out of your pocket. And uh, David Abbott from Linux Crazy, I don't know if he sent you guys an email about the uh, new Gen 2 live CD, or the live DVD. Oh. I'll put it in the show notes. I guess they're beta testing right now. I guess I keep wondering about this, and maybe there's an obvious answer that I'm just not thinking of, but why would you do a Gen 2 live disc? I mean, I thought one of the major advantages of Gen 2 was that you were compiling it for your own system, your processor, your, you know, everything. So doesn't that kind of, like, kill that advantage? You're just a live disc? Sort of defeats the That's because they're fucking tired of waiting for everything to compile. They're just tired of watching the compiler go by. Yeah. Can you blame them? <laughs> no, I, I can't blame them, but I mean, I guess you know, like without that kind of advantage, I just don't get. Yeah. I don't get the why use Gentoo. I mean, I guess maybe because you're just used to the way they they do things. Maybe you just really like Portage that much. Right. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, GCC screensaver, yeah. baby. It, it's, yeah. So blanks like 330 exactly. say they ran Gen 2. Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, have yeah, that yeah. kind of time. Yeah, stuff to do 330 like. is busy, remember? you got to eat. Okay, I found the Dude, link. I'll throw it in the uh, IRC. You just set it to install and compile and leave. Why would I leave when I have a manservant? Well, you guys just uh, badmouth their 10th anniversary Gen 2 live DVD. <laughs> that the community's been working hard on. Thanks a lot. I didn't, I know, I'm not bad enough. <laughs> I'm just saying I just don't understand it. That's all. Wait, the Gen 2 community? 
Claw2 at LennoxCranks.info. <laughs> That is not my... Why did you get that? Oh, I give that out on every show. Never mind. Yeah, that's true. Actually, after what Cobra 2 just said, in my opinion, the Gen 2 live CD is a bunch of crap. I think everyone ought to send their hate mail to him. Wow, yeah, he did say that. I wonder yeah. why he says that. Bring him on the show. He's just trying to be cool, that's all. Yeah. When you're six foot bloody five, you can be whatever you want. Who's going to argue with you? I think he's just been hanging out with Jeremy Sands too long. It's all those you, southern people. Oh, that hate, man. Oh, the distro hate. Yeah. And they're all like that. You get a couple of drinks in Dave and listen to him talk shit. Spreading <laughs> the hatred and prejudice. Not cool. Cobra 2, 330 challenges you to a uh, boxing match itself. We're going to try to... We're, we're going to try to line it up. Make sure someone videos it for me. <laughs> That would be great, that though, wouldn't it? That sounds like it might be a real short one. I, I, I just got that picture long. in my head. You know where you see the big fella fighting the little fella, and the big fella holds his head out on the par, uh, on the fire of the little fella, and the little fella standing there swinging and can't reach? That would be 330. It's the latest <laughs> version of David and Goliath. <laughs> and then we'll throw a pig wall in there. I think we should have a bottle pass. <laughs> <laughs> Run in from stage left with the big fine drop kick. Yeah. No, what's wrong? The nurse he bites ankle. Yeah. We'll bring him down. All right. We're gonna get serious. Well, a little sidetracked here. Um. And also, Code M sent in a How I Found Lennox clip, and it's only six minutes long, so I'm gonna go ahead and play it now. Okay, here we go. Hello, this is Code M. This is how I found Linux. I probably found Linux one of the most unusual ways. I came about it through uh, the gaming industry kind of thing. I came about this game called 4x4 EVO2. Don't know if you've heard of it. It's not open source related, Linux related in any way, shape, form at all. Um, the reason why a game brought me to Linux is because it has an online community and a lot of people within that community did servers and such with Linux in mind and was usually one of their more preferred operating systems when they were doing such things and I kind of ignored it for a good while for three four years I don't know um, but eventually I got an interest in it. So I tried to download a Ubuntu ISO. I didn't know how to burn it. I was totally lost. I didn't know what to do. I tried burning it as a data composition. Obviously that wouldn't work. When I tried to boot to the CD, all I would see is just the Ubuntu logo. That's not helpful at all. So I kind of gave up for uh, probably another six months or so. Maybe not that long. But eventually I stumbled upon Puppy Linux and I found on their forums a nice description of how to burn an ISO format file to a CD correctly. So I was able to boot uh, Puppy Linux and DSL as live CDs. That got me kind of excited. I thought, hey, this is kind of neat. So I started downloading uh, Distros like crazy. I probably downloaded a good 30 distros or so. I don't know. 
Oh, but eventually I landed back to Puppy Linux. Main reason being was the whole save file idea. It was really useful to me because the computer I was using at the time was an old 2000 desktop and it didn't have USB boot and it uh, only had CD boot and my dad didn't want me to be installing anything to the hard drive. Probably a good idea. I didn't think so at the time myself, but probably a good idea. So, so what I did is I used the Puppy Live CD and I put the save file onto the USB drive I have. Uh, a little 4 gigabyte thing at the time and it worked great. Uh, a little slow obviously because it was USB 1. Uh, but it did the job and I learned quite a bit very quickly. I got into the command line. I thought that might be helpful and it really was until I realized that Puppy was based with BusyBox and I just didn't like the fact that all the commands that were known for being a GNU Linux operating system it just made no sense when you tried to follow a normal manual or anything like that so eventually I, I dumped Puppy Linux um, I rooted around with diff different operating systems. I was, uh, using Vista for a while, but I wanted to get back to Linux, so somehow I landed on Arch Linux, and that's where I'm at today. Nothing real interesting. The only hardware issues I have myself are printer and uh, dial-up modem issues. Uh, the printer, I'm using VirtualBox to uh, print with Windows, not the greatest solution in the world, but it's working. And the modem, I just don't really care because I won't be using it the, that, that much longer anyways. I'll be going off to college here soon, so I'm quite happy with the system I have. I mainly use my computer for programming now since that's what I'm going to be going to school for. The tools I can't live without as far as software goes is Nano. I like it because it's simple and it does everything I need it to. And you're not going to convince me otherwise, people have tried. Uh, other tools I can't live without include Firefox. Uh, I'm not real browser specific, but I love Firefox. It works. Uh, I've got to have uh, Pigeon, it's great. It, it does exactly what it's designed to do. Multiple chat things. I, I use it for uh, IRC, Facebook, MySpace, Yahoo, Google Talk, etc. The only thing I don't use it for is what it can't be used for as far as chatting goes. The last tool I can't live without has to be VirtualBox. I gotta have VirtualBox now. First time I discovered it, I used it non-stop because I was in a Windows environment at the time. And quite simply, Arch Linux provided me with a much better programming experience. I couldn't stand using a GUI to program at the time. So I would always have Arch Linux up no matter what. It seemed like as soon as I had Vista running, I would have 
VirtualBox up and having Arch Linux or at least an, another Linux operating system running. I can't stand. Suppose that's about it. Have a good night, folks. Hey, all right. Thanks, Kodam. That was pretty neat. What do you guys think of that? Yeah. Good I don't stuff understand. right there. Jesus, that was long. It was only six minutes. Good quality, though. Talk. Good quality. It was nice to meet him at Ohio Linux Fest, too. He sounded like a fool. No. <laughs> he's a big... He's he's tall. Is he? No, good black. Yeah. No, he wasn't. He wasn't tall. I thought he was like 6'1". No, I don't think so. I'm 6'1", and I think he was my height. Oh, huh. okay. Well, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. You're thinking of someone else. You're thinking of Cobra, too. Podem was hanging around with uh, the last known god, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the right guy. Alright. Does anybody have anything to say about Ohio Linux Fest? It was great. It was yes it was. It really was. It was a lot of fun. The guy from the guy from Linux Journal, was he actually there? Yeah. At the beginning. Sean, I didn't see him at all. Yeah, Sean Powers was there. He was like yeah. ten feet from your guys' booth at one point actually. Um I did he was not like see him at other all. people. He doesn't look anything like his publicity photos. He looks younger and healthier. <laughs> Which is, you know, a good thing. I'm not, you know, I mean, he was a very attractive gentleman. Really? I thought he was gone for the whole day. No. I thought he fell asleep. Well, he might have, but I mean, he might have, maybe he fell asleep in the convention hall, for all I know. I saw him, for sure. Uh, and Alain never showed up, right? Correct. He he missed uh, his flight, I guess, because, like, work had called him in for something. You know how those disadmin types are, or whatever he does. You know, my my favorite talks was, um, well, of course, Dan's Linux boot process. Dan Wasco. That, that guy is awesome. No, I and, mean, uh, everyone, everyone I've talked to, like I was at my 2600 meeting last night, was it last night? Yeah. And, I mean, everyone who was there, they were like, when I said, you know, so what talks did you guys see? The, the first thing they mentioned was the, the Linux boot process, and they were raving about it. That was really a good talk. Well, thank you. I, I just wish you had like a, like another few minutes. To... Yeah, that's what everyone else says too. It's like they sh- we should have just made that like a two-hour talk or something. Frankly, I agree. I mean, if 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 you've got the content and you've got the the ability to talk in front of people and keep them entertained or interested, uh, yeah. I mean, some of those talks are fairly you know boring. I mean, it sounded like they'd be interesting, but then you go there and and the person's just kind of like droning on and on and just can't really present. It's kind of, kind of hard to sit through sometimes. Yeah, that evening keynote was brutal, man. I feel sorry for that, Blake. That's all I've sort of heard. That well, he was boring. Well, well he was just old. And, okay, Peter, here's, here's how boring his talk was. I showed up late, started to walk in, heard about six words and went, ah, I don't really need a nap today, and turned around and walked out. What was he talking about? Um, I'm not really too clear on what he was talking about. It meandered so much. I was just uh, like, yeah, not good. I was just. Back in his day, they he... had to compile all their code, going uphill both. Without... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no... yeah, pretty much. No one was really clear on what he was talking about. I was sitting next to Snack Machine B, <laughs> and I'm just nodding. He's he the wrong like, guy to fall me. asleep around them. <laughs> But how was he chosen then? Who chose him to do it? Surely they'd heard him speak before or something, no? 
See, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know who who chose like the keynotes and you know sort of the special speakers. There was like a set of speakers that were just kind of like already in place for some reason before there was even call for talks or anything. So I don't know who chose those talks, and and I guess the keynotes is one of those like I don't know who chooses them. They just kind of like appear, and I, I wonder about how much research they do. I mean, I think sometimes you just kind of maybe they invite people for the name and just kind of forget that, oh, yeah, they're going to be talking in front of a big group and had better, like, sort of kind of know how to do that. I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm such a great speaker, but, I mean, I don't know. There's just a certain type of person who can who, who can get yeah, in front of a lot of people and, and, yeah, you know, and they kind can of keep it interesting and stuff. nothing and hold your attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And other people can take the, the most interesting subject and turn it into just an absolute ball. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's right. Some people are blessed, others aren't. Yeah. Like Gorkhan and Annie. I, I think some of the. Oh shit! Yeah. Like, some of the problems was that he, he was an old guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he was true. going out of snail's. He was going out of snail's pace, you know. Yeah, it was just the wrong crowd. At the end of the day, everybody's tired. You, you need something lively, you know. Yes, exactly. That's that's a big part of it. So I think, I mean, all, I was kind of thinking about it and. It does kind of give it like super geek cred to have that that kind of talk at the end of the day. It's like, yes, we are a geeky festival. We have a super boring, highly technical talk at the end of our festival. But you know, yeah, you kind of need something a little bit more exciting just to keep everyone ready for the pre-party and stuff like that. You know, the pre-party was going on. It was like 9 p.m. He was still talking. Yeah. And yeah. there was like six scooters in there with the batteries dead, and they couldn't get out. Yeah. <laughs> so he he just kept talking. I don't remember that myself. I don't know when I, when I talked to that guy, I, I tried to keep him, you know, keep the conversation moving, you know. Well, yeah, and you That's did that. Your interview stuff. was really good. I thought. What's that part? Go. Is that part two or part one of the tilt downloads? That's, I forget, but it's that's in part like, three. It's it's the the three. first interview in part three. It's forty minutes long. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. That was really good. And speaking of talks, you're, you're on the same I, episode. What's that? You're on the same I gotta episode. Say, one at a time, please. Peg, <laughs> Peg, 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 Peg was on the first one. Monster B was nowhere to be found. Yeah, why does Monster <laughs> B ever go near the tilt table? I don't understand. He's like staying away from us, man. I don't want to deal with I don't feel welcomed. They would have given you a free shirt, probably. <laughs> I was there. I got a free yeah. shirt. I got a free shirt. Hey, talking about shirts, is there any left? Because I'm going to make a donation, Pat. Nope, there are no shirts left. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> They're gone. What what size do you wear, Peter? Um, XXL. Yeah, right. Is that a nightgown? Sorry? <laughs> Is that a nightgown or what? What? That's Moo-moo. big. 112 kilos, so I'm not exactly small. Um, well, I have a large that's not ever going to fit me, but... Large might fit you. Anyway, but... I don't know, actually. Yeah. I don't think I've been alive since I was 12. Um, you and Snack Machine B can crawl in it, Klaatu. <laughs> well, stuff you. I'm not donating you. You know what, Peter? I'll look in, into getting you a shirt. How about that? I will gladly pay the uh, pay the postage, Dan. It's going to cost you like 200 bucks, though. That's the problem. Okay, okay hold on. I'm going to make this joke. Is that Australian dollars or American dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Uh, beat him that's so that's that's time, you, Peter? How about American dollars? Euros. 200 euros. 
I can manage. I've got some in offshore account somewhere. How's the fishing these days, Peter? Nah, we're not talking about that, Dan. We got in trouble last time. We better keep the show on the road. Good. We should do that, the Dan and Peter fishing show. Yeah. I'm sorry, the Peter and Dan fishing show. We should. I'd Good. listen. Go on, Bill. Quick, <laughs> moving right along before we start. Uh, <laughs> Monster B. Okay. Oh, yeah. You blew my cover. I had the bend still empty, hadn't it? Did we appoint a sheriff? Peter's always the sheriff. That, get in the bin, 330. How do you even ask <laughs> <laughs> now, He wears a 3X shirt. Do you think I'm going to say, no, you can't be the sheriff? Not 3X. XXL. Oh, no, that's 3X. the same size I wear. I'm, I was wondering what you I'm were not afraid about. of you. We're about the same size. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you anymore. Yeah, I thought you were bigger. No. I'm, I was wondering what you were talking about. Okay, and uh, Claude, too, you had a really good talk, too. Editing video on Linux with Blender. That yeah. was excellent. Yeah. And that, did you guys see um, uh, Make the Most of Your Netbook with Moblin? The guy's no, name I was. I wanted, to, I wanted to see that, though. That was uh, Don Fosberg. That was that was a really good one. Did you ever did you download it and try it yet? N- not yet. I think I had tried to download it the other. I think it was the other episode or something, and and I, I don't uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, but it didn't it wasn't really working out for me for some reason. Like it wouldn't boot off of the SSD card with Moblin on it or something. Yeah, I'm still confused about the whole Moblin thing. Like how you know SUSE has their own. I guess Ubuntu has one. I'm not sure where to get it. You know, when you download the one from the Moblin site, it's just generic. Does it actually have a package manager? I imagine, I, I imagine it would. Maybe not. You could just buy it from Dell. Dell sell on the machine with the preloaded. No way, are they already? Yeah, they're already. I didn't know it was that far along. Yeah, they're selling the Mini 10 with the Moblin on it. Well, that's good. Yeah, just looking at the screenshots, I want to try it. Then after seeing that talk, you know, with the videos and why well, he actually had it on the uh, projector. Cool. It it looks nice. What's so nice about it? Everything fits Ready? the screen. It's just nice and neat looking. Surely it can't be better than the default Dandros uh, OS that came on the original triple EPCs. Does that even do they even bother putting <laughs> that on the triple EPCs anymore? I think so. Wow. I don't know. What did the triple E's come with besides Dandros? Windows. Wow. No, I mean, besides Windows and Xandros. I mean, they only come with Xandros or Windows. It's probably still the same Xandros that they put on it when it first came out, too. You're probably right. <laughs> I still have it on mine. I bet you do. I never boot into it, though. What do you boot into, Windows? Debian Lenny. What do you have that on, an SSD? No, I have two hard drives. The uh, The 1040G has two hard drives. It has an 8 gig and a 32 gig. Yeah, Xandros is on the 8 gig. I didn't know you had that many gigs. Yep. Wow. Pretty hefty size. I, I see why the Moblin didn't work on the, the one that I downloaded. I didn't I didn't see that it was for Intel Atom uh, netbooks, and I do not have Atom. Maybe that is why the other distributions exist, you know, for like non-Atom uh, platforms. Well, are we ready to kick this thing off? Yep. Let's rock you, you, the Linux world. What did I say? I can't remember. Claude, too. Yes. Did they get other talks besides the Friday talks posted for Ohio Linux? 
Not yet, as far as I know. And actually, I guess this is probably as good a time as any to mention that everything in room number two, in track number two, which I think is the Source Forge room, track, whatever, uh, came out with static all through the audio from what I'm... So um, if if anyone out there recorded stuff from track two, they should contact, I guess it's just team, that's P-E-A-M, at ohiolinux.org and let someone know so that they can maybe use your audio instead of the audio that they got. That's just a general open call for for audio from track two. Was that the was that the track with um licensing from a hacker perspective in it? Licensing from a hacker perspective? It would have had um open source software, community workshop, democratized design, shared destiny, forty years of Unix and forty years of VM. The Importance of 1969 with Peter Salis, Introduction to GNOME 3, Legalities of Faust from a Hacker's Perspective. That's yeah, that's it. About. Okay. Building a, community, building a community around your project and Drupal Kickstart. That's what would have been in uh, track number two, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think I am. So, yeah, hopefully people – I know a couple of people uh, who, who, who recorded some of the talks. Um, hopefully enough people, you know – will kind of come together and sort of recreate track two, I hope. How bad is that? That's unfortunate, man. Yeah, they. I don't know why they didn't discover it. You know, I don't know. It sounds to me, I mean, since the audience wasn't hearing it, obviously it must have been something between the computer and the amp. So, I don't know, weird. I, I'm surprised no one, like, listened to what they recorded, you know, after the first one. Worst case scenario. It would never have happened itself. It would never, would never have happened. Yeah, on a, on a, it shouldn't have happened. But I guess you know they were all, they were recording a lot of different rooms, so it's kind of hard to, you know, it's a big job, and and not a lot of people doing it. So. Damn! Look at this. I was just looking over um, the Ohio Linux Fest 2009 report, and they said some of the exhibitors at the show included Linux Journal, the Free Software Foundation, Electronic Frontier Foundation. Linux in the Ham Shack, Barnes & Noble, Daytona, Dayton Linux User Group, Hurricane Labs, KDE Crew, IBM, Oracle, and a number of other vendors and corporations. They didn't even mention Tilt. Don't you we hate that crap? We got shut again. Sorry, go ahead, Twetuan. I don't mean to steal your thunder. No, that, that was I was finished. I was just making that general announcement. But yeah, you know, I, I wrote a review of Ohio Linux Fest for the Linux Pro Magazine, and I... <clears throat> kind of forgot to mention Tilt, too. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were, like, vendors. I thought you were just, like, I don't know, coasting on the coattails of Ohio Linux. <laughs> <laughs> but I did mention your raffle, though, so that, that's that's a mention right there. A raffle in what? Oh, Yeah, that's the, that's the first or the last time we're doing it at the end like that. Yeah. Well, you know, your guys, you guys did it right. It was the other, you know, it was the other raffle that was going on. That was just horrible. You mean fail lady? Yeah. <clears throat> She's a very nice person, I'm sure. It just went on way too long. <laughs> way yeah, but she scared, she scared the bejesus out of me when she yelled it the first time. Yeah, me too. Oh, the mad theologian. Yeah. You should hook her up with Pegwell. <laughs> <laughs> she she's got a funky accent. Where's she from? 
Ohio. Um, Hawaii, by way of California, by way of Ohio. Yeah, she got a funky accent, man. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd get that from going from Hawaii to California to Ohio. Yeah. Boy, that's like that's like riding from paradise straight into hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, Hawaii is paradise, man. Like, what's her next stop? Detroit? Yeah. Jersey? <laughs> Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where do you go? This is, Indiana. Indiana. In the air, the mayor of Hoboken, New Jersey. <laughs> she got an email one day. She's Hoboken, like, "Yeah, we got Hoboken's a nice cardboard a cool box here for out, you in man. Ohio." Hoboken is like uh, Greenwich Village, you know, light. You know, it's actually a pretty cool place to hang out. All right, so we're gonna talk about Leo now. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your topic, go for it. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Well, Leo Laporte did some uh, interview. And uh, he says uh, he made $1.5 million in the past year from his Twitch network. Now, that's pretty cool that a guy is able to make that much money doing just podcasting. You know, kudos to him for that. That's pretty Can I ask you a question before you go on? Sure, go on, man. I'm going to interrupt you here for just a second. Now, is that $1.5 million in profit for him or $1.5 million? Well, he said that's how much... that's how much they made, and then he he also mentioned uh, that uh, they had expenses of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars with seven employees. Is that American uh, dollars or Australian? A, that's American. <laughs> and he says that revenue is doubling annually, so it sounds like he's raking in the the bucks. Okay. What the now, hell does he make so heard much this, money you know, like off said, of? Freaking uh, they, they must charge the sponsors. Audible, Dan. Don't really? They make that. All of them. Beep that out and post Monster B. We're not advertising for that company. All of them. <laughs> but he, well, right, the, that's the a thing is kind of I I heard about this and you know after the, I initially thought wow that's cool that he made that much money. I'm thinking you know on every show that I've heard, uh, he's always soliciting uh, money from listeners. You know he has this that's thing true. where he says you know we can't do it without contributions from listeners like you. Oh yeah. And I thought about that and and that got me very angry. I'm like thinking. This guy's making one point five million dollars, and he's he's asking for money from listeners. That that, that really pissed me off when I when I when I, when I thought about it a little bit. What is that? And then capitalism. I mean, the guy's trying to make an honest. No, not at all, man. Listen, listen, listen. People are free to make whatever they you know they can. You know, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem is is somebody who's making money hand over fist, okay, and trying to milk his listeners, his very audience that, that he has. You know. The money he's soliciting, Pat, from his listeners, how, how much of that is in that $1.5 million? Maybe, I mean, this bloke has a hell of a lot of listeners, doesn't he? The way I see it is that this money that he's getting from listeners goes right back to the listeners in terms of quality content. Thank you. I don't know about that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who the hell knows? Only he knows. If you consider talking about Twitter for 30 or 40 minutes, well, that's quality then, because that's all they seem to bloody talk about lately. Is that sort of shit? Yeah, on the iPhone. Well, Peter, have you seen Twitter? Yeah. Have you seen the things that go on there? No, it, it I, I must admit, I haven't logged into Twitter now for months. Yeah, but now you see how easy it is to derail a conversation into Twitter. Sorry? Well, anyway. Go and run, Gentoo, for God's sake. The only, so he's making $1.5 in revenue, and he has a cost of 350000 Yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. You know, the only show that I still listen to is Floss Weekly. 
Hey, that's the only show that I that I have of his network that I actually subscribe to. And on the last, I think it was the last show, he was they were talking about having an AUG file and having an AUG feed. And supposedly they had one a long time ago, but they stopped it. And then uh, Reynolds Schwartz was saying that, you know, if someone's willing to do the work for them and host the file for them, that they would do it. Now, if Leo Laporte's making, you know, a profit of like $1.2 million, you're telling me he can't spring for fucking uh, Libsyn account or uh, have somebody post it on, like, Internet Archive or something? You know, the other thing is uh, encoding the file takes takes about two minutes to do. I don't know. I, I heard that, and I, that got me riled up. Well, yeah, but how much of that? Not having an AUG feed on that show, given that it's a free and libre and open source software show. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is the justification for not having the AUG feed? I believe uh, any time I've heard them mention AUG, they, they say cost, and that nobody nobody wants it. Every every time I've heard them mention AUG, they say that you know five people have subscribed to it. Nobody cares. So you would think that hosting it would be fairly negligible. I mean, space is cheap. It's the bandwidth that you're worried about. So, I mean, if only five people yeah. want it, and it's yeah. a simple shell script that you can implement so that once you ex- you know, you know, export the stupid thing from Adobe Audition or whatever he records everything in, you know, you switch it over to AUG as well, upload it, and you're done. It's not like, you know, it's not like you need a whole lot of bandwidth for those five listeners who are going to get AUG. Something doesn't add up here. For a small nominal fee of $100 a month, I will host his AUG files and convert them myself. There you go. There you go. Pegwell would do it. Pay him. I don't know. I, I just thought it was, was kind of weak. It sounds like, you know, people are like uh, busting their chops for not having an AUG, and uh, they're kind of going through the motions, you know, saying, yeah, we want to have an AUG file, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just don't buy it. I call bullshit. Yeah. yeah. But how is this? I mean, so what's, your, what, what's the story here, that he's still uh, not serious about free and open source software? I mean, come on, what did you expect? This is Leo Laporte and Randall Schwartz and, and the Twit Network. I mean, this doesn't come as a surprise to me, any of this. No, it doesn't. And I, 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 I posted on, you know, on, on Gribber, you know, and I have an Odenica account and a uh, Twitter account on there. And uh, after a while, you know, I was talking to somebody. Uh, Randall jumped in, and he was like, you know, yeah, there's fees, blah blah blah, and all this. And I'm and, and I basically called bullshit. You know, it's like, you know, this guy's making this much money. You, you tell me he can't he can't afford to have somebody, you know, spend five minutes to, to encode the file and right. copy it up to the Internet Archive and update an, and update the feed. You know what, Pat? Here's your problem. GarageBand doesn't export into AUG format. I guess that's the problem. That's the problem right there. You know what is sad about that? You know, when you te- technically when you think about it, you get the show, your WAV file, you, you do whatever you need to do with the file, you just fire off a script that encodes everything and puts it where it belongs. You don't even need to do anything. Yeah, well, hey, Randall's a pro program. You tell me he can't code something up, to encode a file and copy it up and update a feed? They don't have time for that stuff. They're out to make money and play around with open codecs. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, I, I would respect it more if they said, listen, we we don't care about AUG. Stop asking for it. End the story. And that would be the yeah. end of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Just give it to the people straight. I mean, if you if you don't care about it, just be upfront about it. Don't don't make up excuses. Yeah, the hemming and hawing, going through gyrations, you know. But uh, I don't know. The whole the whole thing with all this nonsense and him asking for money, it it kinda of, kinda of pissed me off and uh, I'm I'm deleting them from my, my uh my BP config file from Dash Potter. Just to prove a point here, let's see if we can raise more money than Leo. So go over to LinuxCranks.info 
and click on the donate button. And let's see if we can beat that <laughs> one point five million. Yeah, good luck. Let's do it. Come on. Let's try. Yeah. Who gets that money, by the way? Well, there's a lot of cost here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it depends. I'll probably like take ten percent and split it up with everybody on the show. But if you're only on the show like once or twice a year, you're not going to get nothing. And if you but, ever uh, the band, you don't get anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna go by vote kicks too. If you had like more than I don't know, say fifty vote kicks in a season, you're not getting any money. You don't get anything. I'm screwed. I think I owe money then. <laughs> you know what's kinda sucky? That they can get Linus Torvald on the show but he, he, we can never get him on. You had RMX. That's because they're at the That's same 4. 